on this sixth episode of True Story Bro. Uh, we talked about the Toronto Maple Leafs who blew another lead this time to the Ottawa Senators and how the Senators have slowly started to turn things around. And we also talked about potential landing spots for Sidney Crosby as there's some trade rumors swirling around around, around about him. And then we also talked about basketball, some trade rumors involving the Toronto Raptors and Andre Drummond, whether or not that would be a good fit for him. Also looking at the NBA All-Star Game voting. And then uh, we talked about fan-controlled football. It's football on acid. And then we also uh, discussed some potential landing spots for J.J. Watt. All that, including Parlay Party and Game of the Week coming up on True Story Bro. Enjoy. <laughs> es hora de comer. Es hora de comer. Es hora de comer. Let's do it. Welcome to episode six of True Story Bro. Ray Dog, how's it going? Good yourself? Well, doing all right, doing all right. Big game last night, big win for the Sens. So yeah. I guess we should dive right into the NHL since uh, there's some around there. Uh, I guess we'll start off with uh, Dezingle going back to the Sens. That's a huge boost. Yeah, Dezingle's back in Ottawa. Let's go, Zingy, back, Zinger, whatever you want to call yeah. him, uh, back in Ottawa, and uh, kind of glad that he's headed back, actually, yeah. uh, just for the fact that he's had his best seasons as an Ottawa exactly, senator. Yeah. Um, I, I think he's hit, what, 40 points every uh, every season he's been, well, like, for three straight years, he's been with the Senators, so... Yeah. I'm kind of excited about that. Uh, are pulling up his stats right now. And there's a big uh, help in that playoff so, run that they went on too. Like he, I think he had. Yeah, as well. He scored a hat trick against uh, New York when they played New York, or was it two goals? Uh, no, I think it was just two okay. goals. Uh, and Pajot got that yeah. hat trick. So 41, 41 points in 17, 18, 18, 19, 56, and then in 18, uh, 19, or yeah, in 18, 19. Uh, 56 points in total, 44 of those points were with the Ottawa Senators. Yep. 29 points last year at the Hurricanes, but in a pandemic season. But this year, only four points in 11 games. He's a minus two. Um, you know, I, th- I think that there's a shortage in his production, but I definitely think that he, he provides a lot of – he'll still provide a lot of scoring help to an Ottawa Senators yep. team that desperately needs scoring. Well, last night they had scoring, but uh, every other night they've struggled basically to be able to keep <laughs> <Yeah>. up. <laughs> La- yeah, last night it's almost like the scoring uh, that they were looking for finally showed up. So then talking about last night, Leafs and Sens uh, with nine seconds left <coughs> in the <coughs> second. Oh. oh, sorry. I'm just choking. Sorry. My bad. <laughs> Oh, I thought I thought you were actually dying. What was up with that, bro? Uh, just doing a Leafs <laughs> thing, you know, like just uh, channel. Oh yeah, yeah. No. Oh, okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. You did the thing like the Leafs oh, did. Yeah. So, um, so the Sens after 
with nine seconds left in the second period, they were down 5-1. And by the end of the game, they won 6-5 in overtime. The Sens did the thing. They came back and they won biggest, uh, a biggest comeback in franchise history. That was huge for yeah. them. Um, love to see it. So, what were, what were your thoughts on that game? I, I just want to ask, I, like, what were your takeaways? I mean, you know, Johnny superman from that game? Quote, quote here, and say, yeah. "Dadnoff." <laughs> yes, man, Dadnoff. Finally, finally, yeah. Uh, it it's kind of been a while since you know, Dad. It's taken Dadnoff a while. Um, obviously, with fifty six games, I didn't really expect him to go and score another twenty five goal season, yeah. but I definitely looked at him for production and so uh, up until i don't know i guess you could say these past five games like like from up until these these past five games it's been really platonic like yeah like really not meeting expect expectations at all and this this year finally dadnov or in these past five games dadnov has come through and, and and gotten uh some scoring in for the Sens, which you obviously love to see. Well, yeah, I think they said he scored in his uh, four goals in the last three games or something. That was before last night, I think, before he scored last night. They were saying that, that he had scored four, I think, in the last three or something. He's been on fire, that's for sure. Yeah. Uh, looking at looking at Danov right now. Uh, so, in his last five games, he's had... Uh, so two goals against Winnipeg, or two goals last night against Toronto. Yeah, one against Winnipeg, and then two in that uh, quick series against Edmonton. So okay, yeah. five goals in his last five games. Yeah, it looks like he's starting to finally come through for these guys. Eight points in seventeen games. Yeah, would love to see that ratio go up. But hey, you know what? He's finally scoring. He's finally found his touch, like we've been looking for, and I love it. Yeah. And I think this is um, a lot of relief for this Sens team. And, you know, it gives them some momentum and some uh, to say, hey, boys, we can come back in any game and we can be in any game with any team. And I think it really gives them the confidence they need because um, coming up to like the last few games, they've been struggling and just to get wins. And, you know, they're two straight now and they have they have a chance to win some games here and maybe move up in the division a little bit. Yeah, th- this next one against Toronto though, that's going to be really tough. Yeah. It, uh, like I I don't I don't expect Toronto to come out like like they did last night. Toronto played a fantastic game. They've been, they were playing like the Toronto Maple Leafs um that we always knew this season. Yeah. Um and and then they kind of just quit. It, it was almost like the Toronto we saw the Toronto Maple Leafs of the present and the Toronto Maple Leafs of the past yeah. in that game. And, you know, the thing, and I know that everyone's counting out the Sens because it's just, they're not that good this year. Um, or they're, they're not really meeting the dark horse expectations that everyone has. But at the same time, I think they're a very scrappy team and they're a team that you cannot count out. Exactly. I mean, they are last in the league, and and they they have a reason to be. They haven't been playing that well. But that being said, it's the I don't I still don't count them no. out in games, and that's not me being biased as a Sens fan. That's just me telling the 
brutally honest truth. This is a scrappy team, and they have some goal scorers. It looks like Drake Batherson is finally starting to find his footing. He looked fantastic at the beginning of the year, yeah. and then he kind of was in a slump, and now he's finally you know, fi- finding his niche, and which is something that you love to see. And Stutzla getting a point as well. He's had a great rookie year. Yeah. Um, Hogberg. Yeah, Artie Zub. He's been solid. I would love to see Artem Zub come the back. The guy still doesn't speak English, but... <laughs> hey, you know what? That That's fine by me. He can he did he can learn to speak he's gotta learn to speak English and French. Ottawa's a big bilingual town. So yeah, that's fair. He's got a he's got a lot of Duolingo lessons to go, but um yeah, like Artem Zub has been huge. Uh Erica Branson has come as advertised. Yeah, I really like him. You know, solid defenseman. I think he's I've always complained about defensive stability. I think he brings that to the table. You know, I, I think that the Senators team can easily turn around that win against Winnipeg as well. Whenever they scored late in the game, you know, they're not going to win by blowouts. They're going to win by close games. They're going to make you grind for it. They're going to make you work for wins. And I'm fine with that. I have no problem with uh, a Sens team. That's going to make that. That's not only that, not only were they're going to work for their wins, but also they're going to make the other team work to get that W as well. So, I mean, Hey, it is what it is, yeah. and it was a great game, and exactly, you know, it was really fun to it watch. Was. So, I was going on Leafs Twitter last night, and everyone's um, pressing the panic button. It seems like, and here's my argument as to why the Leafs fan Leafs fans should not press the panic button. You are. Uh, they're 16 games in. So if you do the math, yeah. Like <clears throat> if you, if you do the math, they're 3.5% through. Yeah, cuz what? Or, 56 games this year? Or hold on, hold on. No, it'd be you, more than that. If you do the math, if you do the math, they're 28%. They're 28.5% through the season. Okay, yeah. Okay? Yeah. You're getting close to 50 games through this year. Yeah. And you have a 750 point percentage. They're 11, three and two. The next team behind them is Montreal four points down behind them. It's uh, it's a really tightly contested division. And I know if you get into a slump, you're going to be, you know, wiped off the face of the earth. And, and I'm seeing that firsthand. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, like I'm seeing that with the Sens. Everyone expected the Sens to be a dark horse. They got off to a really bad stretch, and now they're they're obsolete. They're, you know, there's some divisions where the last place team still has a say. Like LA, they're four points behind the Avalanche for fourth in the division. Sense you know, the, the, the because LA. Well, I mean, it's it's early. You can't say it's early in the season, but like I said, but Vancouver has two and a half percent, that. and they're only like they have seven wins, and Ottawa has four, so they do have a chance to. Yeah, but you know, yes, we have a chance to go from seven to six. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> Solid. <laughs> but like I said, you know, like you're you're getting close. You're you're already past a quarter way through the season. Yeah. You know, and I know, like, if you you know, and there's some teams that that have a chance, like Buffalo's five points out of a out of a playoff spot, and 
the Red Wings, they're nine points out, but they're not really made to compete as well. They're kind of in the same boat as Ottawa. Yeah. You know, I know that there's tightly contested divisions, but just to me, it's not really like Ottawa has a shot. But, I mean, hey, if you get some wins and you build some confidence, helps you for next year. Hogberg, where the hell did this guy find? Like, he must have filmed the special stuff or something, dog. Like, he got the man, he got the Michael Jordan uh, secret stuff. Yeah, like, played great against and played pretty solid. While Winnipeg, yeah, the, his first game whenever he came in for Murray, that was kind of a shit game. But then, like, the second game against Winnipeg, stood on his head and then tonight against Toronto four goal or he'll have five goals. So I'm not going to go say he played fantastic against the Leafs because he really wasn't like the goaltending was a weak spot, yeah. but he finally got a win this year. He got two wins this year. Yeah. Uh, two in a row. And yeah, it looks like this. Yeah. Two in a row. looks like the Sens might be turning around and uh, climbing their way back up. But, yeah, for, for Leafs fans, I say that it's not time to press the panic button. And may I also add, you're getting Wayne Simmons back in, I don't know, by, what is it, like next month? You know? Yeah. Like, yeah, a couple weeks. You're going to get Wayne You're gonna get Wayne Simmons back, and it's still a pretty solid team. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put the blame for, for what happened last night, I'm going to put the blame on Sheldon Keefe and say that he put out the wrong guys yeah. on the, on the fu- on the fifth goal that Ottawa scored to tie up the game. I'm going to say that's on Sheldon Keefe. He put out the wrong guys. Like, um, and also who was it that was taking also their defense isn't that good yet. Like it's still not where it needs to be. Yeah. And it still needs time, but Hey, Leafs brought in a whole bunch of new guys. They're going to need time to gel and adjust. But the way I see it, possession's everything nowadays. You know, like, you know how back then, back in the day, it used to be physicality, the rougher and tougher team won. Now it's the team that can hold on to the, if you can hold on to the puck the most, you win the game. And there's two minutes left. Ottawa has the goalie pulled. If Toronto wins that faceoff, that game's over. Exactly. And we're talking it's, it's, about yeah, it. Yeah, it's all the six to four. It's like you said. It's all about the right guys who you put out in the situation, right? Yeah, and, they, and then you put out uh, who was it? Kerfoot on that faceoff. He put out Alex Kerfoot, and uh, I think it was like Gord, uh, Gord Miller said it like right before the faceoff started. He had a 49% face-off. Is Jason Spezza not their best face-off, man? Uh, I'm not quite sure. I haven't really looked at face-off percentages all that I much. Know. I'm just trying to think. I, I, I just know that... Um, <clears throat> excuse me. I, I just know that they put on Alex Kerfoot and their face-off percentage. It wasn't really... His face-off percentage wasn't really anything yeah. that you'd really uh, really uh, be proud of, you know? (laughs) Um, Well, even, like, the Leafs Leafs in overtime couldn't get anything going either. Like, they had Matthews, uh, Marner, and I think Riley out there against, like, Norris and Stutzel and Shabbat. And, like, you think the the game's over? Like, when I I saw that, I looked at my mom and I'm like, the game's over. Like, Like, Ottawa just put out two rookies. Like, they're they're good they're good young players, but like against Matthews and Marner, 
they should have scored against them or at least like had chances. Stutzel yeah. and Norris had more chances than they did on that uh, shift. Yeah, that's for sure. Uh, I mentioned Kerfoot. He was taking that face off 41.5% on the, uh, on the face off you. So you're up by one goal. You're all you have to do is protect the lead. You hang on to the puck and shoot it down the ice and empty net goal. And it's a six, four Toronto win. Yeah. And you put on your guy who has, who's a regular centerman. You know, it's not like uh, you're throwing on Hyman, who's usually on the wing, and has a has a really shitty faceoff percentage. You're putting on Alex Kerfoot, and sure enough, he coughs up that he, he coughs up that faceoff. Ottawa gets the puck. Dadnov whacks it in, and it's a five-five game. We're all even, and now we're talking about oh my god, what happened with the Leafs? Yeah, Alex Kerfoot is their fourth best centerman for offensive zone face. Yeah, and, and uh, he's their and he's their fourth zone. line guy as well. Yeah, I need defensive zone here because so, they're in the defensive zone for that faceoff, correct? Yeah, yeah, they were in the defense. They were in the defensive best, zone, and and uh, their best defensive zone faceoff man is uh, John Tavares at fifty six point one percent. Oh, sorry, sorry, yeah, sorry. Jason, Jason Spets is seventy point eight percent. Jason Spets is a beast on the face. He he, he yeah. is their best faceoff guy. Like like, I mean, Mikhail yeah. has a hundred percent, and so is Marner. But those are those guys are wingers out of their regular centermen that are in the lineup. Yeah. Um, Spets is their their best guy yeah. on the draw. Yeah. So you know. <laughs> hey, it is what it is, and for the Leafs, I wouldn't hit the panic button just yet. No. Um, Anderson, you can't really blame Anderson for that game either because he, he was doing what he could. Just the Leafs had a team, just, he had a team quit right in front of him. I don't know. You, <laughs> you know, you, you always got to play aggressive. It, it just shows that in hockey, you always have to play aggressive. You can't just float. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. And then, uh, so yeah, that was that was a fun game. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, it me was, too. Uh, it was exciting, and uh, you know, can't can't complain. Big win, six five. Um, and then moving on, other stuff in the NHL. Want to talk about uh, Line A and Roslovic? Yeah, Line A got his ass beat and scored a couple goals yeah. against your, against your Hawks. Yeah. Um, do you, do you, are you starting to feel? I don't know. I always thought that the Jets made a mistake trading, giving away that much. Yeah, I did too. For PLD, and it's really starting to show. Like what Line A has a goal in every game, I think, or something, right? Right now, he. I don't. I'm not quite sure, but he is on fire right now. And Roslevic, you know, I, I was talking about this earlier with someone else. I said a trade is either something that can let a player know that this is the end of the road. Yeah. Or it can ignite a player and it can really get them to turn their career around. Yeah. Jack Roslovic is really coming into his and own here. Like I, I'm actually like the more... guys, but his dangles, have you seen them? Like, Oh my God. I know they're insane. I'm actually more impressed than by Roslovic than, than line. A. Yeah. Does he not have more points too? I believe he has more points with Columbus than uh, Line A does. Past five games. Line A has six points in seven games. 
past five games with uh, the Jackets, he's had uh, six points. Six points in five games. Okay. Uh, just just looking at his game log. Yeah. Um, and then regular season uh, in 10 games with the Jackets, he's had um, – I'm just looking at his stats right now. Ten points. Yeah, ten points. Wow. He, he he's been solid for them. Ten points in ten games. You can't really complain about that. Um and he's also uh, a Columbus guy too. You know, gotta yeah. love that. Hometown boy, nothing like that to bring in the fans. Exactly. Um so I, I'm a I'm a big uh Jack Roslevic guy, I think that that he was always going to come into his own. Yeah, it's a good thing that he's finally finding that yeah. in, uh, in in Winnipeg or in Columbus. Um, and yeah, and Liney as well, as you mentioned, he's been fantastic. Yeah, like uh, he was benched that one game, obviously because he wasn't playing how Torch wanted him to. But I think the last uh, two games, he's had the most ice time of the whole team or off the of all it, the forwards. Yeah, yeah, and he uh, also, you know. He learned his lesson about how he's got to be respectful with the coaching staff, and he's completely open to that. And, you know, that's the thing that I do like about Line A. He's not really that star where, like, as soon as he knows that he's wrong, he's going to, like, double back on that, on his argument, and try to just, you know, I don't know, either gaslight whoever is insinuating that he's an ass or, or what have you. Yeah. Um, he, he's a really good guy, and, you know, he's just – He's open to learning and improving, and um, obviously the confidence issues are things that are behind him. But hey, you know what? And, and you know, if I'm Columbus, though, I'm laughing because I got Line and Roslevic both having a point per game, yeah, in their time spent here, or at least close to it. And Pierre Luc Dubois has only played two games with the Jets, and he's only, and he's I think he's a minus. And yeah, and he's only played like uh, nine minutes hurt. a game right now, or something. I think I believe. I'm not mistaken. I'm not gonna give PLD too hard of a time, though. Yeah, be, for this one reason, he had to quarantine though. Whenever he arrived in yeah, Monday. exactly. And I don't think they've played him more and than that, that's ten minutes either. Like I think he's played nine minutes a game or something. And that's really yeah, and that's really tough to adjust, yeah. right? Because. You know, whenever you don't play for two weeks, your legs get a little, your legs are a little jello. Yeah. It's hard to, hard to keep up with the guy. I, I think Pierre-Luc Dubois is going to be something that comes with time. But yeah. hey, you know what? It, you know what? It is what it is. As I keep saying today, and uh, I think Pierre-Luc Dubois is eventually going to come into his own here with the, with the, with the Jets, yeah. but it's going to be a bit more of a project for for the Jets with Pierre Luc Dubois than it is for uh, for the Jackets with Line A and and Roslevic. Also, uh, talking about uh, another thing happening in the NHL, some a little bit of trade rumors. TSN just doing TSN things and pulling out trade rumors out of their ass. Yeah. Um, Cross. Uh, Darren Dreger was talking about all week last week about Crosby and Malkin potentially being on the move. Do you see that happening at all? And if so, what are the best fits for Crosby? 
I think it's a possibility. Like in, in the day and age we are we are in, anything is possible, we have learned. Um, yeah. But I, I I I don't see it happening. Like I, I'd say there's like a twenty percent chance of it happening. I, I could see Malkin getting yeah. traded, but I couldn't see Crosby. And Exactly. That's your best player and, right there. And also we just had uh Berkey and uh Hextall go in the, the front office. So obviously they're gonna try to figure some things out and juggle it a bit and see what goes on and what what works and they're obviously have to get this team back in gear but uh i think they're going to take their time with it and i if if they do get traded i don't think we'll see it till later because there's a trade deadline later this year or i'm the same not time? sure when the trade deadline is well anyways it's but berkey right. went they still have a couple weeks berkey went straight up said yeah. what did he say berkey went Berkey went and straight up said that it's win now mode. Yeah. For for the for the pens. Yeah. Which I mean I'm not surprised by. Just you know, it's been win now mode for years with the with the penguins. Um for me I, I'm the I'm in the same boat. I don't see Crosby moving at all. Yeah. Uh but I if Crosby does move though, the perfect fit for him is gonna be a team that's on the right, that's either in win now mode. That there's three kinds of teams in terms of like their their objective or where they're at, the state of the team that I think is a good fit for Crosby. It's either a team that's in win now mode, a team that's on the rise, or a team that has won a cup in the past five or ten years and they want to get back on top. And a team, not only a team that's good or a team that's looking to contend, but a team with cap space. Yeah, I'm going to tell you a team here that and I think he goes to. If he does move. I think it's perfect fit for move. him. Perfect fit for him and a perfect fit for the organization. I think Montreal Canadiens. Yeah, I, I think Montreal, the direction they're headed in, they can they can really do some damage and they could probably go for Crosby, which I think they will. Yeah. I mean, it's a big market and whenever there's big moves or trades to be made, Montreal somehow always has their nose in there. Yeah. Um, the, the, the thing that worries, uh, worries me though, is that uh, Montreal and it's a big market too. I forgot about that. You, yeah. a, a big market team, I think is going to come and swoop in and, and grab, try to get Crosby. Um, they have uh, like $2.105 million in cap space, which kind of worries me because if the Habs want to go get Crosby or Malkin, or at least Crosby, um, they're going to have to move a really big piece, excuse me, as well. Yep. And I really don't think that Montreal is going to want to. And, and, and if Montreal makes a trade for Crosby, the ideal deal, the ideal deal. <laughs> yeah. If, if I were Montreal, the, the best offer I could probably do is Drew a, either Drew a or Deneau, uh, a defenseman, maybe, well, they have, maybe they, they Edmondson. They have a lot of defensive prospects too. They have Josh Brook. Yeah. Uh, I, who, uh, Caden Gooley right now. And, uh, yeah. There's that flurry kid too, right? Uh, Kale, Kale, Kale flurry. flurry. Yeah. 
I would I would move I would probably call Pittsburgh and offer up a couple first rounders, Phil Dano and either Kale Flurry or Josh Brook. Just yeah. you know, they need Pittsburgh needs defensive prospects. They don't have a lot of it. Um if you give out Dano, at least you're making up some sort of cap space. I would either trade um, they could move Paul Byron before they do a deal too, because I think he has a big contract, right? He has like four million or something. Yeah, I think if you add Deno and Byron, if you give away Deno, Byron, Flurry, and a couple firsts, that's pretty much the same as the as the Gretzky deal. Because yeah. the Gretzky deal was a couple picks, fifteen million dollars, and three players. Yeah, but it was actual, you know, cash, obvious... actual cash, and obviously you can't do that anymore. But. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I mean that 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 means you have to move a lot more guys. But the thing about Crosby is that he doesn't have that big of a of a cap hit just because he's a he's an awesome team player. Here's my ideal, and and I know we're just spitballing as to teams that should go out and get Crosby. I think if if I'm Dallas, I'm trying to get Sidney yeah. Crosby, and here's why. Here's why I think Dallas is a is a really good fit. They already have some pretty nice offensive pieces to have around Crosby. Like you got uh, you got Joe Pavelski, you got Jamie Ben, Tyler Sagan, um, Dennis Gurionov. You you have scoring. And, oh, Rupe Hints as well. He's a really underrated player on that yeah. team. Um, Ru- you got Rupe Hints. Uh, and you have really nice defensive players like John Klingberg and uh, you got Miro Heiskanen. The The thing about the Stars that worries me is goaltending. I think if I'm the Stars, though, I'm also trying to get goaltending because Kadobin, Ottinger, and Bishop, you, they can't come up with one starter. Yeah. But also if I'm Dallas, I, I, if I'm Dallas, I look at the scoring pieces that I have. I look at the $4.9 million I have in cap space. And I, and I look at the big market that we have and I throw my hat in the Sydney Crosby. Trip. You know what? I got another team for you. And I think it makes even more sense than Montreal. I think Sidney Crosby might get traded. If he does get traded, he could get traded to go play with another Nova. Scotia boy. No, no, I know. I know. Colorado I know. We're, we're just, yeah. Dregs was saying that too, eh? I, I don't know. I didn't look at it, but I'm just saying that makes sense. And they could, uh, they, they have guys to get rid of. Like, they could get rid of Landeskog. I know they might not, but if you'd give him up Land, for and Crosby, you, I would. If you trade Landeskog, also, you don't have to give up as much exactly. draft capital. Exactly. Because if I'm, because if the Habs make a move, they have to give up a whole lot of pieces to not only match Crosby's. Like, if you're giving. Like, I know we're not really saying, like, where Crosby, like, should Crosby get traded? Should he not? We're just spitballing. Yeah, like, we're exactly. just giving our ideal, ideal places for Crosby to play in. Yeah. And in Montreal would be a harder hit of a trade because yeah. um, They're you'd, have up a lot. Offer up dra- <laughs> you'd have to offer up draft capital. You'd have to offer up a prospect. Yeah. And then you'd probably have to give away some pieces to the team that are a taking up cap space and so b you match um you you match Crosby's cap hit so yeah. that you can you you can afford it and that's and you know Colorado I think Landeskog Colorado does not have a lot if they trade no. away Landeskog then maybe they're able to meet 
they're they're, they're able to meet that you know cap yeah. gap i guess you could that salary gap and you have to give up less draft capital as well yeah. but also landeskog that's a huge hit especially to the ranton and mckinnon landeskog line um and Denver's not really the sexiest place to play. But, I mean, also in hockey, markets don't really matter all that much. Yeah. So, it's – it's I, I think the Avs are a pretty good fit. For me, I think it's I, I think it's the Stars. I think the Stars are a pretty good – not a lot of people talk about the Stars. They're a very complete team. My, like, it, it, they just need goaltending. Yeah. Goaltending's all they need, and, and then they're set. Um, now, does Sidney Crosby and, have and they, a no trade clause? Like, does he have to? Does he? Can he give a list of teams, or are they just gonna? Can they send him anywhere? You'd think that he doesn't have a trade clause. Right? I, I don't think he does. He has a no move clause. No move clause, so he has to waive that, right? Yeah. Okay. He has to. He has to waive that no move clause okay. in order. So does Gino as yeah. well. Um, I could see Gino going before Crosby because Gino, if you include this year, Gino has just two years left on his contract. Crosby has five years of being paid $8.7 million left to go. And if, but if I'm the Penguins and this, if I, if I'm, if I'm Ron Hextall and Brian Burke and this whole win now thing blows up in my face, I'm moving I'm moving someone in order to get draft capital. They have they don't have a first they traded away a first round pick and they traded away a third fourth. Here's their picks. So so here's Pittsburgh's picks in 2021. Yeah. A second round pick, a fifth round pick, then three sevens. Fuck. <laughs> yeah, and for a team that's starting to I I'm not going to say fall off because Pittsburgh you, you can never count Pittsburgh out. You never bet against Pittsburgh. But I mean, fuck, man! Like they're not as good as they used no. to be. So that 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 worries me a little yeah. bit. Uh, another another team. Since we're we're still spitballing, trying to have some fun here. Um, I mean, the Hawks are on the rise, and they have seven million dollars in cap space. The Hawks could ease, and they have a lot of futures as well. I mean, we have seven million in cap, but. Seven point one oh nine. Because we have guys on our cap space, or do we actually have that much in this cap space? Uh, yeah, they have guys on long term IR, but yeah, still that that that's still seven million dollars in cap space. That's that you true. Could easily, that gives you a lot of leeway. You have a really young team. You still have Kane and Taves on the team, yeah, and as well, Keith. and Duncan Keith as well. Oh, like that could really give a boost, yeah. give a boost. But I will say this. Seven players on long-term IR for the Hawks. Yeah, and one of those is Jonathan Taze, who makes $10.5 million. Yeah, losing Taze hurt, yeah. that's for sure. But hey, you know what? If they get Crosby, also Crosby has five years left on his deal. That's yeah. a major long-term move because once, once you have Taves back and then Crosby comes in and then you get Kirby Dock as well coming back from injury Yeah, and he's able to play alongside those guys – uh, I I think it could do a lot of damage and um another team and, and here's my last nomination for teams that could or should throw their hat in. 
Yeah. It, if they have the pieces, maybe the Boston Bruins. Yeah, I was actually thinking that. Yeah. Like, because if you think about it, Boston has a lot of good pieces. They got Marshan. They got uh, <clears throat> they they've got they got Marshan. They've got Pasternak. Uh, Bergeron. Bergeron, Charlie McAvoy, and yeah, they they have uh, Jake DeBrusk, uh, Charlie Coyle. Uh, they have a lot of good pieces to surround, um, to to surround, and then Sidney Crosby with. Here, here's the thing, too: you get the uh, the old Team Canada line of Bergeron, Crosby, and Marchand. Yeah, exactly. Um, it, it, it's a great. It's a great move, and you they have draft capital. They have all seven picks. Um, they have all seven picks in 2021, 2022, 2023. They also have uh, $5.8 million in cap space. Yeah. I will say this, though, and their projected cap space is 4.107. I will say this, though. Here's the, here's the red flag I'm going to wave. They have Tuka Rask after this season. Yeah. So if they grab that's Crosby, gonna take a big chunk. Yeah, if they grab Crosby, it'd almost be like yeah, have no money to sign Rask back. Exactly, and then then they're stuck without any goaltending. Yeah, but you know what? So I mean, that's a stretch. That's another idea. Um, but that that that's that's just me spitballing you know yeah. just just giving out ideas and and you know i i think that uh, you know the the abs seem like a pretty good fit but the cap situation worries me um man who else um i've heard the rangers you know, too right people have said the rangers could possibly travel. yeah but that the Rangers can get as much star power as they want, but they, they just can't seem to get over exactly. the hump right now. And they have seven point eight mil in cap space. You'd think that with all the prospects that they have, like Capocacco, and um, you think like with guys like uh, Capocacco and Artemi, or not Artemi Panarin, uh, Capocacco and uh, uh, who else? Uh, Lafreniere, like with all those guys on rookie deals, yeah. At one point or another, you're gonna have to re-sign them. It, it's, I, I think the that the the Rangers might refrain from making big moves before, just so that they can um, get the young guys signed and then start focusing on on going out and making moves to compete. Could the Oilers be another? possibility yeah but the i feel like the oilers would have to give up a big piece like like i don't like like i mean oilers if, have, if you move uh, Nugent hopkins because he but rnh is a huge piece to like if you ask me the oilers have the best center depth in the in the yeah. nhl you got Connor mcdavid on the first line dry on the second rnh on the third yeah and then if you, I guess if you move RNH, then that just makes your 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 center depth that much better. But do you put where do you put Crosby after that? That's true. And where where do you put Crosby after that? And then you know who does who does Edmonton have that's 
that's worth giving away that also takes up cap space. You know, like I think if you give up RNH, that hurts the oil. Like that would be a big loss to the Oilers. The Oilers don't really have that much draft capital. They have a first round pick, but they like after that, they in 2021, they have a first rounder, a fourth, six or two sixth and a seventh. Oh, you know, I, I don't know. I, I I think the Oilers, it, if the Oilers had a piece that, you know, would be worth giving away for Crosby or that would be worth Pittsburgh's times, you know what? Maybe you trade Pooley-Arvey. And if I'm Edmonton, I'm trading away Pooley-Arvey. I'd offer Pooley-Arvey, Evan Bouchard, uh a first maybe and a second and that's pretty much the best I could do if I were Edmonton. Yeah. So there's lots of good deals you can make for Crosby, but I, for me, I'm still sticking to my guns here. I think that Dallas is a perfect yeah. fit for Crosby. As much as I want to see Crosby play on a Canadian team, I, I can't, for me, Dallas just makes the most sense. They have their, one of the they're a competitive team, cap space, good markets, good pieces to play around, win now mode. It's just the goaltending that needs to be figured out in Dallas. Yeah, let's be real here though. If he actually does get put on a trade block, or they do say they're moving him, all other thirty teams are going to throw their hat in the ring because it's Sidney Crosby. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's yeah, it's it's too good of an opportunity to just pass exactly. Up. I, I I feel the same yeah. way, bro. Um, other stuff happening in NHL. Galchenyuk, yeah, passed that guy. Joint. Yeah, fire. made it. Made a po- made a post about it. Uh, passed around like a good old joint that shared uh, at the the Shelf Fair outside the Shelf Fairgrounds. You know, nice, nice little uh, evening, but. In all seriousness, I feel bad for him. Yeah. Honestly, like to go from like uh, being loved in Montreal, then to the girlfriend drama, and then just being bounced around from team to team to team. He's such a low, but he's such a low risk opportunity. Exactly. Like it, it's that's you know, and he he's honest. I feel bad because you know you're. I feel bad because you're living the dream, but you're also being prevented from living the dream because, um, you know, you're being bounced around from team to from team to team. But like Galchenyuk's literally an experimental player. Like every team picks up Galchenyuk and says, "Yeah, if this guy works, he works. Yeah. If he doesn't, he doesn't." That was like, so, who was that guy that was traded a couple of years ago three times on trade deadline day? Uh, Ian Cole was traded yeah, twice. Yeah, maybe that's what I'm thinking of. Like twice, three times. He went from Pittsburgh. It was from Pittsburgh to Ottawa, then to no, it was from Colorado to Ottawa to Pittsburgh to Pittsburgh, and then I think that was it. I think he stayed in Pittsburgh after yeah. that. But yeah, Galley's been that career journeyman that uh I say he plays for all thirty one teams. Yeah. Well you know, he could be going to the Kraken <laughs> next year, who knows? Yeah, he's 
Is he able to? Is he going to be exposed to the expansion I draft? I so because he's. A, I think he's two years on the contract. Maybe. I don't know. Or is he a one year? Yeah. I know he's a. Is one he year. a one year? So he'll be a free agent next year. So that makes him extra exposed. Yeah. Hey, I mean, if I'm the crack and I try it out, like new team, yeah. um, with like no history, no expectations whatsoever. Yeah. You know, if it works, same way that the Senators looked at Galchenyuk. If he works, he works. If he doesn't, he doesn't. If he doesn't, and he just gets just... the single back. <laughs> yeah. Hey, and that deal, man, did that ever work out fantastic? Yeah. The 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 Cedric Paquette trade. So if you think about he it. He only gave up Cedric Paquette. Sens tra- the Sens traded. Uh, the Sens traded Anders Nilsson and the late pick like fifth or whatever, fifth yeah. pick or fifth rounder for Braden Coburn and one half of Ryan Dezingle. <laughs> exactly. Seems pretty legit in my books. If you ask me, I, I, that seems like a pretty favorable. Yeah. Deal. You're breaking down your trade trees again. eh? <laughs> Big trade tree guy. Yeah. Shout out to Steve Dangle. Yeah. The only Leafs, only Leafs fan I can tolerate. <laughs> No, that that's uh, that's kind of the way I look at it. Like low risk, high reward. Exactly. And um, now here's my question: Does Galchenyuk have to quarantine? No, he does not. Carolina? They said he does not have a quarantine because he remained in the province of Ontario. So he might even play against the Senators tomorrow night. Yeah, I could see him sliding in uh, where. I could see him sliding into where Wayne Simmons is. Yeah. Like I, I see him being a temporary. I don't see Galchenyuk being in the lineup every night. Yeah, because who did the Le- Leafs have? Who have the Leafs had in for him? Joey Anderson, and like some other guys sliding it up and down in that lineup. Yeah, Leafs have had. A, Leafs have a lot of depth. Yeah. So I, I could just see Galchenyuk being like a like a short term replacement yeah. for. Uh, for Wayne Simmons, but uh, hey, you know what? Uh, it's hopefully it works out for the Leafs. Hopefully it works out for Galchenyuk. You know, I've I've been hoping that I always like Galchenyuk. Like out of all the players on that on that Montreal team from the mid 2010s, he was kind of the guy that I rooted for. He was a pretty good player, one hell of a player. Yeah, well, he was picked third overall too, right? Yeah. yeah. So the, so the skills there. Um, he's just got to find his footing i suppose you could say just another sarnia sting draft bus yeah did you ever um see berkey berkey was on spit and chicklets once did you ever see what he said about yakabob yeah i though? did yeah about how he like how's the worst draft interview he's ever yeah, had he's like why you interview me i know go here i go first overall yeah you have pick number nine or something <laughs> Something stupid like that. No, hey, picks work out. Sometimes they don't. You know what? It is what it is. And then Berkey just went. I'm glad he was a fucking bust. (laughs) Yeah. Imagine him being so obnoxious and being good at like one of the top NHL players. Yeah. Oh my god. Oh, that would have been awful. Well, the NHL's given us lots to talk about, especially with Crosby. Yeah. Uh, the Crosby rumors, that's for sure. Um, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to talk a little bit about uh, NBA, 
action and also fan controlled football. Raydog was paying some attention to that. Yep. Um, lots going down over there. So he'll give you the lowdown on everything. He'll enlighten me about the fan controlled football league. And we'll be right back on True Story Bro. Looking forward to it. All right, so we're back on. Our minds are refreshed. Talking. So, do you want do you want to hear a little fan controlled football bit, or do you want to go into the NBA? Uh, we can go into fan controlled football if you want to. All right, so dog, you were uh, diving into the world of fan controlled football. Tell us a little bit about that. So anyways, we've got this new football league. Uh, we got four teams right now. They have a six-week schedule. Uh, they play on a 50-yard field. Uh, so the four teams we have right now are the Glacier Boys, which is owned by uh, Quavo Huncho. Uh, we got the Beast, owned nice. by Marshawn Lynch. We got the Zappers, owned by Bob Mennery. And uh, then we got the Wild Aces, and I'm not sure who owns them. And then uh, we got Johnny Manziel back in so, action too. Johnny Manziel's playing for the Zappers. Yeah, I I heard about that. Who owns the Zappers? Uh, that's Bob Menery. I figured. And uh, right now too. Oh, so, uh, I had. I was just gonna say they're they're all named by the fans too. All the teams are picked like the names are picked by the fans as well. I think there's a couple names for each team and. The coolest thing about this is the fans get to control yeah. everything. Like they made, they made uh, the way the like uh, one, uh, like the extra points right now. They're score, scored on one v ones. Yeah, like a receiver against a DB, and then you have your quarterback throwing, and uh, it's just awesome because yeah. uh, they have an app that uh, you pick your favorite team, and uh, once you pick your favorite team, you can pick their plays for the year. But you have to stay with your favorite team for the whole year. So you're pretty much like the coordinator, exactly. like the team's coordinator. Well, it's like you and all the other fans vote on plays, and then I think every that's kind of every sweet. three weeks or so, I think they reset the rosters and they redo the draft or something, something like that. That's funny. So it's like, uh, oh, I don't know, like um. <clears throat> I don't know. It, it's it's kind of cool. It does. Like, seem... I don't know. So, I'm actually looking right here. Um, you can invest. Yeah, in that's some what of I was gonna teams. say. I was gonna mention that. Uh, like, I think it's 150 or 175 dollars, and you can invest in it. And if they don't, 150. Right if they now. don't meet uh, their investment goal, you get your money back. Like. I, Nice. And I think if they meet it, I think you end up getting more money somehow. All right. Forget Because it. it's like a GoFundMe almost, or not like a startup, I mean, a startup. Yeah. They took me right to the Zappers. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think Zappers might be the only team still available for funding. I'm not sure, though. Yeah. That's kind of. I, I don't know. Wait. So if you invest $10,000, you get. Um, $10,000 crowd IPA, whatever that is. Everything above plus a FCF championship VIP 
experience you plus one or you plus one including running through the tunnel and smoke as you are announced as a first round pick nice i can be a first round pick and grand sick (laughs) (laughs) playing catch on the field with commish field level owners box seats signed game used fcf ball uh and i'll but i have to be Res, uh, r- responsible for traveling, so it's like hmm. I don't know how I feel no. about it. Like, <laughs> like controlling the fan, like controlling the games, kind of fun, but also like I feel like at some point, um, like fans are gonna just like do some goofy shit. Yeah, you know what's sick right now? They have jerseys right now, and they're only seventy dollars. Yeah, I I would I would try to get uh, a Johnny Manziel jersey. Uh, no, I don't know. Like, if I were if I were in fan control, if I like entered the fan controlled football, like, so how does like drafting work? Even? Um, I think you've for whatever team like you you pick to be a fan of. You get a vote, right? So I think you vote on which player you draft. I believe is the way it works. So literally, everything fan is... controls. Yes. Nice Swayhouse TikTok prodigy Josh. Richards yeah, he's on there too. Is a creative director. He also, yeah, he's a creative director. Yeah. Man, what the fuck? <laughs> like the fans, like. The fans if, get to if determine were, even the playoffs coming up too. Like they get to do the seeding and stuff. I'm gonna, I'm gonna choose to be uh, a fan for a team and just like do the goofiest shit. Like pick a like like ask like like first in like first in goal, and I'll be like Neil. Yeah. <laughs> is it all throwing plays? Like, is there actually? Any... I, I have a stat here. No, it, it is some running plays, but ninety uh, percent of the plays called for all team, all uh, all teams were pl- passing plays. So if you're a running back, you're just useless. Not necessarily, uh, kind of, but uh, I don't know. If, I want to know the rules, and I don't know if you. I, I'm just getting off topic here, but well, not really off topic, but it's about Marshawn Lynch. So, did you yeah. hear about his announce his uh, commentating? No, he, I I have not paid any. He's talking about he's talking he's talking football. about maybe being able to come back and like play in this league. And he goes, he goes, first thing I'm gonna do, I'm gonna eat a bay ass Caesar salad, and I'm gonna need to take a shit, and then I'm gonna try to rush for 200 yards on this 50 yard field. <laughs> <laughs> like, Here, I'll, I'll play you. It's arena football. It's fan control. Like. So Clip here. Johnny Manziel got a touchdown, right? Yeah. Like he scrambled. Like he, he, he's Was that was that um like so Johnny Manziel got a touchdown off a of scramble, yeah. right? Yeah. Like, was he not flagged for that because the fans didn't choose to scramble? No, because, listen, 
Um, so if you pick a passing play, your your quarterbacks are still allowed to run the ball. Oh, okay. So okay, yeah. that makes sense. Like, cause I was like, at first it was like fan controlled football. Like, mm, I don't know. Like, someone's gonna do. Like, at some point, someone's gonna make a play out of like desperation to save the game, and it's just everyone's gonna be up in arms because that's not what they picked. Yeah. Like you can't, like you can't run trick plays. You can't, you can't do any of that shit because everyone knows it's coming. Exactly. Like I don't know. It, it's, I I'll probably try to watch it. Like now that you mention it, yeah. But I don't know. I don't know how I feel about it. It's, it seems a bit odd to me. If you hey, know do, what do I you mean, but I have the rules here. Yeah. So just give me a couple rules that. Um, would tickle my fancy. Okay, it's seven on seven. Yeah, yeah. Fifty yard field. I've said that. Uh, so they, they're the games are only an hour, two twenty minute halves. Uh, okay. The clock runs until a score. Eight minute halftime intermission. There's a one minute warning instead of a two minute warning at the end of each half. Um, okay. And then the clock stops and stuff, as you know. Uh. And then I don't know if you knew or not, but the games are live streamed on Twitch. Everything's streamed on Twitch now. I know you can do you can do fucking every you can do anything you want on Twitch. I'm trying to see more rules here. Doesn't really give me much here. Here, here's the rule book. This should Okay, uh, then they're obviously, did you know there's no kickoffs? And the, no. the, the possessions just begin at the 10 yard line for each oh. team. Like whoever um, wins the coin toss, I'm guessing? Yeah. Receive, well, if you pick to receive the ball, I guess you just get it at the 10. And then. Okay. There's no delay of games because the fans pick uh, pick the play calls. Okay, but the fans so like, the fans only have ten seconds to pick the play. That's really stupid. It's because the way they're doing it is so the fans pick the play, then the play gets relayed to the head coach, then the head coach relays it to the players, and they have to go through. Oh, excuse me, they have to go through all that, like torch passing just to um just to like fucking i don't know <laughs> like they have to go through all that torch passing in 10 seconds that that kind of i don't know about that something uh something seems off about that like like i'm just being very skeptical of it anyways yeah so yeah that that's kind of interesting though i'll definitely try to you know what I mean? Like, I'll definitely. Uh... So, yeah. And then for the draft, too, like the offensive and defensive lines are units. The what? The offensive and defensive lines for the drafts, like when they do drafts, they're like a unit. So you can pick, you have to pick them together. 
Oh, okay. So, yeah. like, yeah, I don't mind. Yeah, I don't mind that. I mean, it would kind of stink if, like, the fans picked a really shitty line, though. Yeah. Like, I like like if I were Johnny Manziel or whoever any other quarterbacks were, and I saw that my fans picked a really shitty O-line, I'd be really mad. Yeah. So, oh, well, thank control football. I, I mean, it sounds interesting. It sounds Yeah. So, uh, NBA. Yeah. There's, uh, there's <laughs> trade rumors about that swirling around. Uh, something about Andre Drummond. Yeah, I heard Andre Drummond could possibly be coming to the Raps. Now, so do you think that would be that would lend them a hand? I think it would. I think I, it would. I want to hear your side. I think they would because they don't really have like any good center right now. Like th- that's what they're missing. That's the reason why they're losing a lot of these games is because they don't have a guy who's like consistent, uh, like a consistent center that they can rely on. Yeah, like losing. Um... Losing Gasol and losing um, Ibaka were two huge blows yeah. to the to the front court. Um, for and and it's kind of funny because the Raps went from a team that was like that had a really strong front court. I'm not gonna say they had the best, but they they had a pretty strong front court, and it really helped them win games at times. But now they're having a really shitty front now they don't have any front court support at all i mean um andre drummond would be but the thing that i it'll definitely help them like like i think that um if they do manage to get andre drummond yeah it'll be a huge boost to them but i think the thing that they will be missing though from like from still having that hole that was or that void that was left from uh from Gasol and Ibaka is the shooting yeah. because that that was kind of what Toronto was known for for a really long time it was you know you never you're always on your toes playing against the Toronto Raptors because they could shoot from any like any player anywhere on the court can shoot the ball exactly and now it's like and and now they have uh now they have freddie and and i mean now they have freddie and kyle and and they're kind of you're kind of stuck after that you know what i mean it's i don't know i (laughs) the raptors confuse me because they're eighth in the league but they could be much better but they could also be much worse exactly you know what i mean yep um, but I know, do think getting a guy but, like Drummond will help a lot. Yeah, and it, and he's a big guy too. Like he is a tank. And he's is he not a pretty mm. good scorer from inside? And uh, yeah, he can score from inside. Which I mean, that will change. Game or no? I I don't know honestly. I I don't think he does. He was never known for that, right? Like yeah. like. Andre Drummond was known is known for being a notorious rebounder, yep. inside defender, and he's also like a huge like and, and he can score on the inside with ease. So Andre Drummond's field goal, 
Andre Drummond is uh, 47.4% from the field this year. Yeah, his career is 53.8. Not a great free throw shooter, 46.7 in his career. But he averages almost 14 rebounds throughout his career at 13.8. And then assist, he averages 1.5. Blocks, he averages 1.5. Steals, he averages 1.4. He's still a pretty good scorer. Yeah. And he averages about... He's averaging 17.5 points this year. Yeah, that's really yeah. good. Like, that's that's a really good number for a guy who's that big and, and isn't really an outside shooter at all. No, I, I think that that could be... I, I don't know. Like, I... It's not like... It's so weird because it feels like Andre Drummond has been in the league forever. Yeah. But he, no, hasn't. he hasn't. Like, like he, it feels like he's been around forever. But the guy's just twenty-seven yeah. years old. Like he's definitely got a a lot more gas left in the yeah. tank. Um, you know, I, I think like, you know, I I love I like the move. I I think that it would be a pretty uh pretty smart move to get Andre Drummond because, like we were both saying that um. That strengthens your your front. That that strengthens your front court for a Raptors team that death that desperately needs a uh, a stronger front court. And um, you know, Aaron Baines and and uh, fucking Chris Boucher. I I love Chris yeah. Boucher, and I think he's been fantastic this year. He's he's been a huge contributor to the team. Thirteen point six points. Um, shooting 52, 53% from the field. That is great from yeah. a big man, by the way. You you love to yeah. see that. Um, and his efficient shooting numbers is fantastic as well. Um, efficient numbers is uh, 61.3% from uh, in uh, efficient shooting. That's one of the best. He's the best efficient. Be- behind Bembry, he's the best efficient shooter on the Raptors. Yeah. Um, but I think that just having Boucher alone yeah. isn't going to cut it. So I, I, I agree. Like, I think that the rap should pursue, um, should pursue Drummond. Now, what will it take to get Drummond out of Cleveland? I don't I've know. I've seen a, let me get, go back to it here. Just give me a second. I did see like, I'm this website that's called Raptors, uh, Raptors Rapture. I guess fan sided this web. Yeah, yeah. Anyways, they uh, one guy did a mock trade here, and he said that I, I don't know if this makes sense because it feels like too many players to give up, and it feels like Cleveland would be over the amount of players they should have then. But uh, they said yeah. we'd send Norman Powell, Aaron Baines, Patrick McCall, and Stanley Johnson for Andre, just Andre Drummond. That is a lot. Yeah. That that's a lot, and and trades in the M- in the NBA kind of pissed me off because. No one like because draft capital is such a good. I mean, like, it sounds bad to say it because, like, you'd be trading your farm or trading the future for a guy, but also, like, draft picks are just magic beans, (laughs) you know, like, you'd be, you'd be, you, you know, it could turn into a really fantastic player, it could turn into a really bad player, you don't know, and I feel like. Giving up Norman Powell, who to me is the most underrated player in the NBA, yeah. um, and like is a huge, 
huge piece to that team. Like, yeah, think he's about huge how much of a, like I th- like he's he's been like that. He's playoff power for a reason, you know. He's come in and provided us with some big like scoring nights and helped us. He helped us last year and he helped us the year before, even when we went won the championship. Like he was, he was that guy that if we needed an extra yeah. guard or a guy to come in and guard someone, he could. Yeah, and and like I mentioned how big of a hole that that Gasol and Ibaka left. Imagine how like big of a void it would be if the Raps gave up Norman Powell. Like I would take yeah. out, like I don't know, I would probably take out Norman Powell and throw in like a condition, like a first round pick, or like doesn't even have to be straight up a first round pick. Like it exactly. could be a conditional pick, or, or like swap worst, or you know. Or uh, a lottery or lottery protected or what have you. I don't think Drummond's worth that much. Drummond's no. a great player, and but like, is he worth giving up your entire bench for him? No, I don't know. <laughs> like, I would probably do. Uh, I don't know. It's a tough. It's a tough trade, but honestly, I would do. I would. I'd do Aaron Baines in a pick, like a first or like a second or. I'd probably, I'd probably do. No, you'd, uh, you'd have to do a first because in the NBA there's only two rounds, so you'd have to do a first. Yeah, it'd be a first. They're not yeah. gonna if they're gonna get a pick, they're not gonna get a second. I'd probably do like, but I don't think they'd take Aaron Baines though. He's 34 years old. He's play. He plays like Forrest Gump with the leg braces on. Cannot shoot. Is ter- has a terrible efficient shooting. Um, you know. <laughs> turnovers galore with this guy like i don't know <laughs> if you're giving up aaron if you're gonna trade if aaron baines is gonna be involved in a trade for andre drummond you have to give up something really juicy yeah. and i think a first can do that but also trading a first can also bite the raptors in the ass because if you think about it um what if the raptors miss the playoffs that's true right or if the raptors end up losing in the playoffs um, that they're, they're they're an eighth seed right now. If they hang on and they're bottom, like and they're like a six to eight seed, and they lose in the first or second round, you gave up a mid first round pick for a seven game series. Yeah, when you think about it. it, it's I don't know. Part of me wants to go after if here's I'm kind of against. I like the idea of Andre Drummond. I'm really torn because I like the idea of Andre Drummond being on the Raptors, but I also like, but I'm also against it because the Raptors that like they've said numerous times, um, this is an off year. They're kind of, they're going to get picks and, and it's not a rebuilding season. It's a reloading season. They're going to get picks they're gonna they're gonna sign some good free agents and and get a high value first rounder and what have you, and then they're gonna come back stronger the next year. And I think if that's the mentality of your team, getting Andre Drummond is the worst thing you could possibly do. Like if if the Raptors were top three in the conference, I'd be like, yeah, all for it. You know, load up, get as strong of a team as you can, and then go from there. I don't know, man. Like, I think they have to, or Lowry's gone. But like, is does Lowry leave? Is 
is Lowry leaving really? I don't see Lowry leaving. Like he's he's been with the Raptors whenever they were at their worst, and he's been with them. He's been with them at their very lowest. He's been with them at their very highest. It, like he's kind of a franchise player. Like when I look at Kyle Lowry, I look at this guy as like okay. He's going to be a Raptor for life. No, I agree with you. It's not, do I see him leaving? It's, do I see us moving on from him? Is the real question I see. No, honestly, I don't. I, I really don't. I'd like to say I don't either, but there's always possibilities in the world of sports. Yeah, and I mean, it, it, at the end of the day, it's a business, right? Yeah. So... You know, it's a business and you can't really control it. But at the same time, like, like I said, though, Kyle Lowry's been there forever. Um, He's always been the guy to take less money. Yeah, I think he has to stay with us for the rest. He's like been here the whole time. And they need a guy like Kyle Lowry who's been there for, like I said, from the lowest point to the highest point. They need a guy like like him to help the Raptors kind of get back to the high level form that they were in just a year or two years ago. Like they, they need a guy like there who's won the ring with the Raptors and is able to guide this team. And like, like it's time for the Raptors to be Kyle's team. Yeah. Also, he is the greatest. And that is why, in, in my he opinion, stays. he's the greatest Raptor of all time. And, oh yeah, for sure. And I don't he think is. it's debatable. But, but it's kind of funny that he we think of him as the greatest Raptor of all time. Like I think, like I think that championship put him ahead, put him ahead of Vince. Exactly. Yeah. And the fact that, and the fact that he's chasing the scoring title as well. Like, or does he have the scoring? T- is he the highest scoring player in uh, Raptors history? Or I think he is or close. I thought he I thought he passed it like the other day. Like like not I don't know, but either way, like like he's up there in you know, statistical like he, he's uh like he's up there in leadership in the lead like in statistical leaders. He has the ring. It's obvious he is the greatest raptor in history, but it's kind of funny. Although we think of Kyle as the greatest raptor there's never been a year where it was his team. Like for the longest time it was Kyle and Damar and then it was Kawhi's team. And then it was, I don't know, not one guy's team, but it was like they played as a group last year, this year it's, it's Kyle Lowry's team and it's Kyle Lowry's team to lead. So, you know, I, I, I think that um, Kyle stays and he takes the reins and becomes a leader. But, you know, I, I think that the Raps also have to get some more some more star power. I'll say this, though. No matter how much star power the Raptors get in the future, it will still be Kyle's team for this one reason. he He's the leader. He's the vet. Yeah. I don't care how many points Kyle Lowry gets. He will be the, the leader, the veteran of this team. That will make it his team. Lowry is third all time in scoring for the Raptors. Yeah, so he he's almost up there, anyways. He's only a hundred away from Chris Bosch. 
and he could easily pass that. Yeah. Yeah. But he is the all-time so, leading uh, playoff scorer. Yeah. Yeah. He was always clutching the playoffs. So, uh, do we want to – where do we want to go with this? Do we want to go uh, Champions League since, like, one's underway? Or do we want to go uh, talk about Jot? Uh, I was going to stay in the NBA for a second and just go over some of the all-star votes right now. Oh, okay. We'll do all-star votes. Then we'll, you want to do that? We'll do all-star. Today- I, think we should save, I think we should save Champions League for next week so okay. that it's uh, like one, and then we'll do uh, J.J. Watt. So we'll stick, stick with the NBA, then talk J.J. Watt. Okay. Sounds good. I'm just going to look it up just to make sure. Today is the last day for all-star voting. If you didn't know. Isn't Clay Thompson like ninth in the Western Conference? I don't know. I haven't checked, but probably. Um, He's up there anyways. Oh, I can do my vote right now. Nice. Okay, Tom, let's, so, each do, let's each do a vote here for East and West. We'll go through it and do our own vote, and then we okay, can look we'll, up. we'll do our votes. Okay. We'll vote as a unit, but it'll go under your name. Okay, so East Guards, who are we picking for the first East Guard? We got Bradley Beal, Kyrie Irving, Zach Levine, Jalen Brown, Trey Young, James Harden, Colin Sextown Sexton, and Malcolm Brogdon. <laughs> I like Sextown. <laughs> Um, I think I gotta go, Brad. I think we gotta go, Bradley Beal here. My votes are: I got. I'm picking uh, Bradley Beal in the East. Yeah, obviously, it, like he's been so fantastic, and I think because uh, of oh. John Wall's departure, we're finally seeing how great Bradley Beal is on his own. Yeah, like we always knew Bradley Beal was fantastic, but just Bradley Beal on his own is. Mwah, chef's kiss. We got Fred Van Vliet down here too, but I got to go next with Zach Levine. He's just had a killer season for the Bulls. Who else is the Who else is the uh, other guards? I'm not picking James Harden. So we got Kyrie, Jalen Brown, Trey Young, James Harden, Colin Sextown Sexton, Malcolm Brogdon, Terry Rozier, Fred Van Vliet, Russell Westbrook. Then we got Lavert. I'd say. Uh, I'd say. Um... Uh, Jalen Brown, he's yeah. been really good this year. Yeah, like twenty six points per game, three point four assists, and five point seven rebounds with forty point nine percent shooting. Yeah, he's been he's been up there as one of the better players, uh, leading leading the Celtics in scoring, and he's one of the better shooters, uh, if not the best shooter. He's behind uh, he's behind Tice in, in shooting. Yeah. Um, and a very efficient scorer is that at that as well. Like I would put, I would I would put uh, Jalen Brown up there easily. He's he's a fantastic player. Um, really come into his own this year. And I mean, it's so funny because we all talk about Jason Tatum how he's the best. Like I think Jason Tatum's the best player on the Celtics just because he's so good all yeah. around. No one talks about Jalen no, Brown enough, and, and how good of a how how good of a player he is. 
I I go with Zach Levine though. He's had an amazing season. All right. Um, and then for small forward, I was just talking about him. Jason got, Tatum, easily. We got Joel Embiid, Kevin Durant, Giannis Antetokounmpo, uh, oh, Jason Tatum, wait, Nikola can... Vucevic, and Julius Randle. I would. I mean, Julius Randle's my dark horse, yeah. but I I would still put Jason Tatum yeah. at, at uh, small. Can we? There's... I put Jason Tatum at small forward. He's yeah, just I, I so I dynamic. I, I, and... I was gonna go Julius Randle. But I think, oh, I can pick two. I can pick he, two because they're forwards. Or I can yeah. pick two of each position, um, right? Or something like that, maybe this year. Yeah, I don't know. Well, your bench, your bench. We'll we'll do our we'll do our starting five. Who we think should be the all star starting five? Then our bench. Then our three okay, best players. So, okay, we can do that then. So we got Jason Tatum then, and then oh, I'm taking Tatum. Then, okay, so. Your forwards, your po- your small forward is also your power forward in this, I guess. The way I'm doing it online. I guess you pick two. Well then, well then if we're, well then I'll take uh, Durant and Durant. Tatum. Yeah, that's what my, I was gonna do. Durant and Tatum at at power. I'll do Durant at power forward, Tatum at small forward. Just Tatum's so dynamic. He's just 22 as well. That's insane to think so, about. So right um, now like, I have he plays so energetic. So right too. now I have Tatum at small forward. Randall, Randall at center and Durant at power forward, and I got Beal and Levine, and that's my East picks so far. Okay, and then I would even put Andre Drummond yeah. up there as well. Seventeen and a half points, um, and like how good he's been at like shooting for a big man, and I would put him as my All Star center. He's been he's been really good. Then for uh, West Division guards. You got Steph Curry, Damian Lillard, Luka Doncic, CJ McCollum, Devin Booker, Donovan Mitchell, De'Aaron Fox, and Shy Gilius Alexander. Oh God, that's so hard to pick. Um, I gotta go Chef Curry. Yeah, Steph's been on fire this year. He's it's undeniable. Then to me, my pick would be um, either Lillard or D Book. I would do I would do Steph Curry and uh, Lillard yeah. as my two guards. Yeah. Lillard's just insane. And then uh, forwards, obviously, uh, LeBron. Kawhi, uh, Jokic. Yeah. Uh, George, or Paul George, Zion, Brandon Ingram, Anthony Davis, Christian Wood, Carl Anthony Towns, Christoph Porzingis, Andrew Wiggins, Jonas Valanciunas. Then we got Barnes, Bogdanovich, a bunch of other guys. I'd go... Uh... Actually, for for the East, I'm gonna. I think I might change my center. I would probably put uh, Drummond on my bench, but Embiid as my starter. Yeah. Embiid's like kind of made a. I don't know. He's made a case for him to be at, like, he's made a case for him to be MVP. But um, I'd go. But for the West, my starting forwards would be uh, would be LeBron, obviously. Yeah. Um. Th- then Kawhi and I don't know. I'd I'd probably go Jokic. Maybe either either Jokic or um. Oh, who's another? E- either Jokic or. Yeah. Does Does uh Luca play? Can Luca play small forward? Uh no. Uh not, no. No, he's not he that can. shooting guy. He can but. Not in this. You can't vote him as a small forward. 
Okay, well then I I do uh, Jokic. I'd put uh, Luca and I'd put Luca on my bench as well, and then like Kawhi, LeBron, Jokic. It's not even funny how big of an advantage the Western Conference has. Like all the stars. Oh are yeah, in the I West know. Now. I know. It's kind of funny because it's almost like everywhere LeBron goes, so does the rest of the league. Like whenever LeBron was in the East all the stars were in the East because that's pretty much how you compete. Like if you get past, like the road to a championship goes past LeBron, whether you like it or not. Okay. So I got the voting results right now, the leaders. So for front court and guards in the Western conference. So for front court, we got LeBron James at one, Jokic at two, Leonard at three, um, Anthony Davis at four, Paul George at five, Zion at six, Andrew Wiggins at seven, Christian Wood at eight, Brandon Ingram at nine, and Carmelo Anthony at ten. For guards for the West, we got Steph Curry at one, Luka Doncic at two, Damian Lillard at three, Donovan Mitchell at four, John Morant at five, Devin Booker at six, Chris Paul at seven, Clay Thompson at eight, CJ McCollum at nine, and Alex Caruso at ten. Should have voted Alex Caruso just to be assholes. <laughs> Get John Scott in the All Star game. <laughs> yeah, that would have been like a total. That would have been that kind of yeah. moment. So yeah, I mean, no one's talking about Jaw that much. No. Like last year, it was kind of like the Jaw Morant show. Yeah. And now this year, I mean, like it's almost like everyone's like, "Yeah, he's good." Exactly. So. And then for the East front court, we got Kevin Durant, Giannis, uh, Joel Embiid, Jason Tatum, Jimmy Butler, Bam Adebayo, uh, DeMontis Sabonis, Julius Randle, Gordon Hayward, and Jeremiah Grant. For guards, we got Brad Beal, Kyrie Irving, James Harden, Jalen Brown, Zach Levine, uh, Trey Young, Colin Sextown Sexton, D. Rose, uh, Russell Westbrook, and Freddie Van Vliet. Man, Freddie's getting like Freddie's getting a lot of a uh, lot of attention there. Yeah, I kind of like that. Yep, he has a chance. Like, is especially if a lot of people here vote for him, definitely have a chance. Yeah, that's for sure. Playing playing for the only team in the country gives you it gives you an advantage, doesn't it? Like, and these these results were from the eleventh, so it's probably gone up since then. But yeah. uh, I can't. I don't know if I can find. Who knows? The newest, latest. Who knows? Yeah. All right. And did you hear so, about the All Star Game too? What they're doing? No, I did not hear. So it's all going to be on March seventh. Uh, they're doing the skills competition before the game. And during halftime, or uh, yeah, halftime, they're gonna do the slam dunk contest. Oh, so that they can get—I'm guessing so that they can get more people to tune into the All Star Game itself. Yeah, and I think with COVID and everything, they're trying to keep it uh, like as minimal and as least exposure as possible, so they don't have guys just coming in to do dunks and stuff. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, I don't. I fuck with that. Okay. Oh, and another thing, our votes count twice today. 
It's called nice. double voting until tonight at eleven fifty nine. Nice. Oh yeah, did you see the Draymond Green thing too? No. No? About the whole double standard thing? So anyways, no. basically he said it's it's basically bullshit because uh, you know how Andre Drummond wasn't is not allowed to play because he's getting traded? Because he's getting what? He's going to be getting traded, Andre Drummond, so he's not allowed to play. Okay. So anyways, he was like, Draymond Green went on this big rant about how players aren't allowed to say that they want out and they want traded or they get fined. But he said organizations are allowed to sit a player and say they're getting traded and they're being sat because they're getting traded. So he basically went on a big fucking rant about how the and, and, and they won't get traded. Yeah, and then he's like, he's like the NBA is bullshit. And he's like, it it can't just be one way; it has to be two ways. And he's like, it's he just went on a big fucking tangent. For the first time in my life, I'm agreeing. Uh, Draymond, Draymond Green. Green. Yeah. Like. He, he's not wrong. No, like, that's so stupid. Yeah. Why would you? Why? Like you don't know for sure whether or not he's getting traded. Yeah. The only reason it would make sense to sit a guy is if like the trade is in the middle of being processed. Yeah. It. Oh, I don't know. I get. I get that sports is a business, but sometimes that shit just. Yeah, that's right exactly off. what he said. He was like. <laughs> So, yeah. So, I'm um, to JJ Watt, and then I got a little bit of MLB yeah, news, too. What, what, break the MLB news real quick, then we'll get into JJ Watt. Um, it was just um, fan graphs, which is just a lot of playoff percentages and stuff. They released their playoff percentages. And right now, in the AL East, they have the Yankees at 91.6% to make the playoffs. The Jays at 53.6% to make the playoffs. The Red Sox at 47% to make the playoffs. And then the Rays at 18.6%. Then for the AL Central, we got the Twins at 65.5%. The White Sox at 65 And the Indians at 174 Then for the AL West, we got Houston at 714 The A's, or the Angels, I mean, sorry, at 378 And then we got the A's at 21.8%. Then we'll go into the NL. Uh, NL East, we got the Mets at 81.2%. The um, the Atlanta Braves at sixty seven point eight percent, and then we got the Washington. We got Washington at twenty four point six percent. NL Central, we got um, Milwaukee at thirty five point four. The Cubs at twenty one point eight, and then the NL West, we got LA obviously at ninety six point seven percent. Yeah, that's no surprise. And we got the Padres at ninety two point nine percent. And then I missed the Central. We got. Uh, Cardinals at thirty six point two. I missed them. That's none of those surprise me, honestly. No. So well. But so yeah, Rays, uh, yeah. For the Rays, that kind of shocks me a little bit. You think that um, they didn't really make that many changes to their roster? Either. Did they not lose Snell though? Did they not trade Snell? Yeah, they lost. They lost Snell. That's a big loss. But I mean, I don't really. Like, the Rays didn't really make much changes. Just, no. like, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, but, yeah, J.J. Watt. Um, so, we're talking about 
good teams that would be a fit for Crosby. Now we're moving over to football, talking about uh, who would be a good fit for J.J. Watt. Give me some teams that uh, you think would be a really good fit for J.J. Watt. We go and have a, a family dynamic, and we have him and his brother T.J. both coming off the edge in uh, Pittsburgh. Okay. I think that's yeah, a good fit. Yeah, I'd fuck with that. That'd make their defense a whole lot scarier. Yeah. Um, for me, I, I have a couple teams that I think would be really, really good fits for, um, for JJ Watt. And, uh, so first I'd go with the Seattle Seahawks. They have $14 million in cap space. Um, they, they also have, uh, like a pretty decent backfield or secondary defense, like with, with, uh, Jamal Adams and what have you. I think if they can just improve their their um, th- their primary defense, like at, at the front, that would that would do a whole lot of a whole lot of damage. Um, one thing that I would contradict your Pittsburgh Steelers take is having JJ Brown sign with the Cleveland Browns or JJ Watt, sorry, sign with the Cleveland yeah, Browns. Yeah, I could see that. Because they already have a scary defense. Yeah. You have Miles Garrett up there, and then you add J.J. Watt to that mean and nasty defense. They have the cap space to do it as well. Um, obviously, J.J. Watt's going to cost a pretty little penny. But, I mean, hey, the Browns the Browns are ready to roll. They want to they wanna win. Um, J.J. wants to win. The Browns have the cap space. I think the Browns, I think, the Browns are going to be big spenders over the offseason, Ray Dog. I think they're going to spend a whole lot of money. Um, they're going to use that cap space that they have to burn, and they're going to turn it uh, into uh, a, a big player, whether that's on offense. I don't really think they have much to adjust on offense. Like They have a pretty decent offensive line. Baker's their guy. They have a deadly, it, they have a deadly receiving core in uh, – in Odell Beckham Jr. and uh, and in Jarvis Landry, Jarvis Landry had an amazing season this year. Um, then they have Nick Chubb and some solid tight ends and Austin Hooper. I think it's the defense that just if they can get some work on the defense and and add in a piece like JJ Watt, that could put the Browns at like contender level. Um, also, the Cowboys they have cap space. I could see them splashing some cash as well, just because they're the Cowboys. I got a couple teams for you, man. Can I go ahead and tell you? Yeah, go for it. So first, you know how we talked about the Chiefs and how they need to improve their defense this offseason? Yeah. What better way to go out and get J.J. Watt and help them stop the run? Yeah. that <laughs> If they add J.J. Watt, I mean, that makes them... I wouldn't say that makes them unstoppable, but it makes them pretty friggin' tough to beat. Yeah. Like their defense will be really good if they can add a piece like JJ Watt. Yep. And then uh, another guy, another place that I could see him possibly being a big impact is your Buffalo Bills. Yeah, I I think that. I mean the the Bills defense has potential. Yeah. Obviously, with uh, like they don't have big names, but they definitely have the guys that can that can make impacts. Like they have. Uh, 
Milano, and um, they have a really good secondary in Trey White and Micah Hyde and Jordan Poyer, but um, their their primary needs work, obviously. And, um, you know, I think if they add a guy like J.J. Watt, that does a whole lot to the Bills. But another side to it is also um, the, do they have the money to spend it? Yeah. Do you want me to? Because they, they, they have to pay for Stefan Diggs. They got to pay for Cole Beasley. They got to pay for Josh Allen. They have to keep that secondary around. It, there's a lot of mouths to feed in Buffalo. Like, not big name stars, like I said, but a lot of mouths to feed. Do you want me to give you nonetheless. some odds here? That's where he's going. Some betting odds. Yeah, sure. This is from Points Bet Sportsbook. Pittsburgh is at plus 150. Tampa Bay and Green Bay both at plus 400. Baltimore at plus 600. Chicago at plus 700. Then we got Dallas, New England, uh, the Rams, and your Bills at plus 1100. Uh, then we got Miami and Cleveland at plus 1400. And Tennessee at plus 1800. I don't see Cleveland doing it, but just for me in my head, JJ Watt being a Cleveland Brown is the is the I don't know the it's the the one pick that makes the most sense to me. Like when I look at those other teams, like the the Bucks, they already have a really good defense. The Steelers as well, they they're known for their defense. Do they really need JJ Watt all that much? Do they really need to like? a contract for a guy like JJ Watt. Um, well, you know, looking at, um, you know, looking at uh, green Bay, same there. Like they, they, is it really worth picking up his kind of contract? Cause they already have a solid defense. Just for me, the, they have the budget. They they already have the pieces to surround him. They have the offense to back it up as well. It's just it's Cleveland the the, the Cleveland Browns to me make the most sense yeah. out of all NFL clubs. Well, I don't know if you read the news too, but they're saying in there he's seriously considering them, and that the Browns. Yeah. So this was the the article on New York Post. JJ Watt seriously considering Browns an awkward family twist. And it said, I mean, is it Watt, that awkward? You're not gonna, no, no, they're saying JJ Watt really might want to play against his brothers instead of playing with them. But, like, is it that awkward though? Like, no, it's just it's a news like title be for on the fucking, field at the same time. It's a fucking news title for fucking New York Post. <laughs> yeah, they're I just guess trying so. to whatever, get their whatever they're trying to get their readers up, man. <laughs> yeah, whatever gets your reads going, I exactly. guess, but, you know. Hey, you know what? It, you know what? It is what it is. Like I've been saying all day long, and yeah, I'm really interested. I'm following the JJ Watt thing really closely. Like, and I think, like you said, you know, player of, of that kind of quality, every team's gonna throw their gonna throw their best offer at him. And I think the same thing's gonna happen here. Like when a player of like that quality, like JJ Watt, comes around. That doesn't happen. That doesn't happen every day. You know what I mean? Like that. That doesn't like JJ Watt doesn't a guy like JJ Watt doesn't hit free agency every season. Exactly. Or you know those kind of guys are never available for trade. So whenever you get an opportunity like that, you got to capitalize on it. And I'm I wouldn't be surprised to see 
every team um, try to make space for him and and it's exactly try to said, give the best offer the they league. can give. Yeah, exactly. Every That's other what I was team alluding is going to throw their hat in the ring just because it's JJ Watt. I know, and they just want to like he can electrify your defense like that. A healthy JJ Watt is probably one of the best defensive players in the world. Yeah. So. Yeah. It's interesting for sure. Five-time Pro Bowler, five-time uh, first All Pro, uh, first-team All Pro, and then he's won 15 awards. He's won obviously Defensive Player of the Year three times. Um, he won the Burt Bell Award for Defensive Player of the Year. Uh, Walter Payton Man of the Year, obviously. And then he was on the Pro Football Hall of Fame team of All 2010s team. 2011 NFL rookie team, and then he's been in the top 100 for the for every year except big, since 2011. Mm-hmm. Sorry, except for 2012 when he had his injury. But other than that, yeah. Uh, last year he had. Um, last year he had one interception. Interception. Yeah. Um, two forced fumbles. Uh, he hit the quarterback. He got to the quarterback seventeen times. Um, fourteen tackles for losses. Uh, which is I don't know. It was it was an off year for JJ Watt, but you know, and kind of weird considering JJ Watt didn't have that good of a season, but he played all sixteen games. But then again, he was also on a really shitty Texans. So I don't know if I can. I don't know if I can, you know, if I can really say that it was a bad year for JJ. It's definitely not to his standards, but hey, you know, it is what it is. Yeah. So, yeah. So moving on then, do we have anything else you want to touch on? Or? No, I think we should uh, – do you want to get to Parlay Party and uh, Game sure. of the Week? Sure. All right, you you, uh, you give your first – you give your uh, Parlay Party picks. Okay. Um, let me get into this. Okay. So I made some money last night on uh, basketball games. Out of boy. I won with the. I took the Nets, Clippers, and uh, Golden State Warriors at I think it was plus four, and I bet five bucks on it, so I won a big uh, fifteen bucks on that. And uh, I'd say the same thing for tonight. More more basketball. We got Lakers, Portland, and Phoenix at uh, at plus four there for the prop bet here. You can bet on. Um, moving on, go to some football, I guess. Oh, Barcelona PSG is on right now. Yeah, I'm watching that one right now. Oh, are you? Okay, I haven't put it on yet. I didn't realize it's yeah. after 3 o'clock. Uh, let me get to hockey then.
So tonight we got Avalanche and Knights, and I'll probably take the Avalanche to win in that one at okay. plus 245. And then um, also got the Capitals over the Pens tonight. All right. Oh, here's another prop bet, well, Tommy. Uh, you got Giannis go and it. Fred Van Vliet both to score 25-plus points tonight. Tell me, would you take that? Ooh. No, no, not even at all. No. That that just feels like uh, you're setting yourself up for financial suicide. I will tell you a, a bet that I took today. I took... Uh, go for it. I took Messi or... Uh, name or sorry, in Bop A to score today. That sounds like a good bet, though. Yeah, it was, a, it was a, like it was I, a prop bet, and it was super boosted, and it was at like plus two, and I bet two dollars on it to win four. Yeah, I. That sounds like a pretty good yeah. bet, though. Um, I would take so my picks. I'm on the ice here. Um, I'd take Wild on money line against the Kings. I feel like that's just a given when you're playing the Kings. But, hey, it could be a really close game as well. Who knows? Um, then I would take uh, the Islanders' money line against the Sabres. Oh, yeah. so that's some, you that's start taking money line because I got fucked on money line last night. I didn't take money line. Yeah. And I didn't win last night. I had the Senators to win. Poor guy. The money line, so. Missed my chance. Yeah, poor Big guy. Big $3.60. Oh, no. That's how much confidence well, I had in the sense. And um, I don't know. I I I I'm kind of split between the Leipzig Liverpool matchup. Um, if you're t- looking to take an underdog, I'd take Leipzig. Yeah. I don't know. It's really it's really intriguing. I know it's going to be over overshadowed by uh, Barca PSG, but I think that's a really intriguing matchup, and that's something that I would take. And then um, I think you can still hop on it right now, right? Yeah. The betting, you can still get in. On yeah, that. You, you can still get in on that action. I would, you can still get in on that. Yeah, you still get in on the PSG, Barcelona. PSG is, oh Barcelona, I believe just scored, so PSG is at plus nine. Yeah. Who scored? Please tell me it was Messi. <laughs> I don't know. So game of the week, give me your game of the week, dog. Game of the week this week. Okay. Sorry, I have football on there now, so. That's all right. Uh, I'm just going to look up some games real quick because I don't have a game of the week yet. But I'll let you go ahead, Tom. So my game of the week, give me Leafs and Sens on Wednesday or tomorrow night, I suppose it's going to be. Um, should be a really good one. Obviously, uh, Leafs are going to look for redemption. Uh, after blowing that 5-1 lead. And I think the Sens are going to come out swinging as well to kind of put the boots to the Leafs. Also, um, I believe uh, something about the Sens winning a whole lot of matchups. Like, they've won the majority of their last matchups against the Leafs. Anyways, um I like that game. I think it's going to be really interesting. So my game of the week is going to be Wednesday night hockey, Sens v. Leafs. Nice. I'll go. 
I am going to go with soccer again. Yeah. And I'm going to go next week's UEFA Champions League game. Next Tuesday, February 23rd, Atletico Madrid and Chelsea. That's going to be my game. That's going to be... That's going to be a heater. Yeah. I like that one as well. And it is tied right now. Mbappe it just is scored. tied right now, and both Messi and Mbappe scored, so I did win, in fact, win four bucks. Fuck. Should have taken that bet. I should have bet more on it, but I was like... I know. It seems like such a given, but I was like, nah, that, that seems like too easy of a bet. Yeah, they both scored. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, no, uh, Chelsea and Atleti sounds like a heater. So, yeah. I'm really hyped for that one. Me too. All right. Well, um, that's it for another edition of True Story Bro. I'm Tommy. It's Ray Dog. And uh, thank, yeah, thank you very much for tuning in for another week's edition. Um, remember to follow us on Instagram, true story, bro, underscore pod, and, uh, have a great week and, uh, stay thirsty, my friends. Peace.